Welcome to this week's edition of the Yellow Jacket Experience. I'm your host, Thomas Poole, Director of Athletic Communications here at AIC. This week, we have one guest, and that is the head wrestling coach, Rich Hassefuss. Him and the team will be headed over to Erie, Pennsylvania to take part in the NCAA Regionals on Saturday. Uh, so this weekend, uh, you guys are headed down to the Super Regional uh, over at Mercyhurst. Obviously, you have some really good uh, wrestlers who you're expecting to place fairly high as they've had really good seasons. Can you talk about some of the wrestlers you're looking forward to this weekend? Well, we're looking forward to the whole team wrestling, um, but we have had as much as many as four wrestlers ranked in the region this year. Um, 149-pounder Joel Morth, um, he uh, is ranked. He was ranked fourth. 157-pounder Jojo Gonzalez, he's ranked first. Mm-hmm. And the 165-pounder Ahmad Sharif has been ranked sixth. And the 197-pounder Raul Martinez has been ranked sixth. So obviously lots of success for those guys. Um, even on the national scale, on the national scale, you guys have seen some ex- some points uh, at the national rankings. And obviously Jojo is a big part of that. He's been a big part of the wrestling program the past couple of years. Were you expecting him to come out? You expecting him to win the region uh, and go on to the national championship? Obviously, uh, a lot of people probably listening don't know exactly how the wrestling and the regional and then the championship works, but I believe it's the top three from each weight class. Is that correct? It is the top three from each weight class. Um, there's 11 teams in our region, and there's six regions. The top um, 30 guys from each region qualify for NCAA championships. Um, JoJo is... 34 and 6 this year. Um, he has, has had an outstanding year. Um, I don't know. He has not wrestled the number two guy mm-hmm. um, from Gannon. He hasn't wrestled the number three guy from UPJ, who is just a scratch as of about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we you know we we wrestle the teams we can get to wrestle in our schedule, and uh, there's some other tough opponents that we have not seen that. You know, we'll we'll see what happens when we get to them. Now, one of the cool things about this tournament, obviously coming out this weekend, is it is in Mercyhurst, but you guys are actually flying there. You're not going by van or by bus. So what's it like from a student athlete and a coach perspective to be able to hop on the plane and just have a little bit easier of a travel day than necessarily sitting on a bus or a van uh, and, I guess, having that fatigue sit in of just being in a car? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's – we'd be at a, at a competitive disadvantage um, against our other opponents if we had to actually drive there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's eight hours of travel and good travel time going to Lake Erie with no uh, no snow or no ice or no accidents. So um, to try to get off a bus and then try to get ready to work out mm-hmm. would be extremely hard on the athlete. Um, you know, the, the in terms of the overall experience for the athlete, it's dramatically different for them to um, – just take a little van ride, hop on a plane, and then you take another van ride. And, um, you know, it's broken up. There is some travel still by van, but it's broken up instead of eight hours straight where you're not stopping. So um, the student uh, the student well-being and how they feel about it is dramatically different than if we were on a bus for eight hours. Yeah, I know that feeling. Obviously, sitting on a bus, you get bored, you get tired. It's a little bit different than flying, but uh, flying definitely gets you there a lot faster, and it's a lot more comfortable, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started into wrestling, and uh, I guess um, your college experience as well. 
I went to Springfield College, uh, wrestled under legendary coach um, Doug Parker, mm-hmm. who um, was the fourth winning his fourth most wins in Division One, two II or three when I was there. Um, I just visited him the other day. It was his 94th birthday. Oh, wow. So uh, he's still in good spirits and doing well. Um, and then, uh, you know, when I moved on from Springfield College from wrestling and uh, I got a call from Jim Peckham, who um, he was the coach at Harvard University. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach Peckham was a three-time Olympic coach and has coached 19 world champions and Olympic athletes. And he called me in. We had dinner, and he brought me down cellar, and we were chatting, and then just started showing me the, the wall of um, world champions and Olympic champions that he's coached and asked me to be his assistant coach. So that's obviously a huge opportunity for you. Obvi- Harvard, one of the highest academic schools in the country, and then some wrestling history and pedigree to go with that. What was it like working for an institution like that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a tremendous uh, experience um, to get, you know, I mean, I got to um, to meet several of the world and Olympic champions that he had coached uh, mm-hmm. along our travels and uh whether it was in um, the Ivy League um, in our travel or at the NCAA championships when we'd be bringing people to the NCAA championships. Um, there was an invaluable learning experience from um, from a technique standpoint, but much more so from a life standing and how uh, Coach Peckham uh, went about uh, teaching his athletes and um, the lessons he instilled in them and the belief he instilled in them was um, second to no other person I've met. So then after Harvard, where did you go next? I went to Wesleyan University. I became the head wrestling coach at Wesleyan. And how long were you there for? I was at Wesleyan for three years. Did you guys see much success while you were there, or what was that program like? Um, We were in some transition. Um, Yeah, we had some success. We had some guys that um, were New England finalists, um, went to NCAA championships, Mm -hmm. um, which they hadn't had in previous years. and then after you know after that, I moved to Norwich University and took over the Norwich program. And um, you know we had a lot of the success there. I had I don't know seven or eight teams that were ranked in the top 15, top 18 in the country. Oh uh, wow. We were ranked eighth in the country one year with a 14 and two dual record um, at the regional at the comp, the New England Championships. We had all 10 guys placed, which was the first time that had ever happened. Mm-hmm. I put f- we put five in the finals and. Um, we had three seconds um, and uh, two first, three seconds, and then five other placers, and we we took second. So you have you've obviously had a lot of different opportunities of coaching at different uh, types of institutions. Norwich, if I'm not mistaken, a military school. Yep, Norwich is a private mili- military, oldest private military school in the country. So what was it like? having to recruit or I guess some different standards in terms of the military school and then I'm sure with the history that they have being the oldest military school in the country were there different recruiting standards or different things you had to learn or different types of athletes you recruited well there's definitely a different recruiting standard because Harvard University is the number one school in the world yep so that's not there's quite a difference in the standard of yeah you know and people call you to go to Harvard (laughs) so that's a nice problem to have um, yeah, I mean, we had uh, about 50-50 split on military versus civilian. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, you know, y- you're looking for a different different student athlete up there. It's a secluded, uh, wooded area um, in the mountains. Um, it's 
it's very cold. Um, and so it's definitely a lot different than um, a city school, like, mm. a, you know, Harvard University and city, you know, the downtown Cambridge and, uh, you know, the one of the most diverse places in the country. Yep. So um, really kind of the polar opposite in terms of everything from, you know, from geographic to students to everything. So. So then after Norwich, where did you go next? Uh, Williams College. And then how long were you there for? And Th same type of thing, did you have much success? Yeah, we were second in New England. Um, we had um, three or four guys, qu three guys qualify for nationals. Another year we had two guys qualify for nationals. We had, you know, two two All-Americans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great experience. Um, you know, and again, very similar academic school to Wesleyan and Harvard. Um, ranked number one in the country by Forbes magazine. So, um, you know, my wife also worked at the school. So, yeah, it was a great experience. And um, and we, you know, moved on to Connecticut and uh, applied for the AIC job and working to rebuild our program here. So I'm starting to feel a common theme out of your tenure as coach is you come into these programs, you produce some really good talent, have some really good teams, some really good individuals, and you just have a knack for developing students uh, in the sport of wrestling. Is that something you pride yourself a lot on, is being able to come in and uh, really help those student athletes grow their skill, not only on the mat, but also in the classroom? Yeah, m more, more um, pride myself on the whole picture of the classroom and the mat as opposed to just the the mat mm -hmm. um you know they're gonna 99 percent of them are not going to compete after college and uh they have to know how to um get in the work world and get a job and and uh and move forward and what's going to go on so um all the life lessons we learn in wrestling um, dramatically help them in uh, the work world so i know jojo has been a standout for you since you've gone uh since he's got here to aic where does he rank, I guess, in terms of some of the best wrestlers that you've ever coached? Um, does he rank fairly high? Is he a number one? Or are there some other guys who would give him a run for their money? Well, JoJo's probably one of the best kids I've coached on his feet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, you're comparing um, Division One. Division two and Division three athletes to each other. Yep. So it's you know like coming out of high school. You know when I was at Harvard, we had Frank Fraunhofer, who's a um, three two-time New York State champ or three-time New York State champ. Um, I had Sam Cole, who was three-time New Jersey State champ, one of the highest recruited kids in the country, or broke the record for most wins. Mm -hmm. um, I would put JoJo and Sam pretty close to the best kids I've coached um, in terms of on their feet. Um, I'd have to also put a kid in from Norwich University named Dave Hamill, who was third in the country for me. Oh, wow. He had f the most wins in the country at any weight. He was 48-3. and three. That's a very impressive record. And he won a Division One tournament in Florida that he wrestled in. So he was outstanding work ethic and very talented. Uh, you guys also just had the opportunity, you and JoJo, to go overseas this past summer, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us a little bit about that trip and, I guess, what you were able to learn and then also what you feel JoJo was able to take out of that experience? We traveled to uh, 
Mongolia. Uh, had a stopover in China, Beijing. Um, we went with a, a group called Athletes in Action. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, several athletes from Springfield College and uh, Norwich University um, and JoJo. Um, the group uh, person who was setting it up was Alex Whitney from Norwich, who was my former assistant coach and former captain. Mm -hmm. His assistant coach, uh, which is uh, Connor Keating, who was my captain as well, and Aaron Klugo, who was the person who made the contact, who was one of, he, she's been on a world team and one of the top women in the world, mm -hmm. in the country, in the U.S., and she was one of my athletes that I trained when she was in my club. Oh, wow. Um, so then what do you think JoJo was able to take out of that experience and I guess apply to this year, or I guess also fr just from a learning cultural standpoint? Well, it's, it's very, very different. It's a third world country you know there's sometimes there's roads and sometimes there's no roads mm -hmm. you can have cows and horses in the middle of the road um, you know the cultural experience that we both were able to experience is um, life-changing in terms of how you view things um, food everything over there is much different than how we are um, a simple thing that they don't even think about having is they don't they don't you don't see ice so mm -hmm. if we got injured we couldn't use ice they don't have ice um, they they, you know, they eat very well. Um, they're very health conscious. Um, the people are very friendly, very accommodating, very, um, you know, in terms of trying to just open their doors. You can walk up to a yurt and talk to someone and they'll invite you in and have you sit down and give you tea. They don't mm -hmm. even know who you are. You know, that, would, that doesn't happen a lot over here. Um, so it was a, a great experience from a cultural standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint. It's a whole different style of wrestling. It's freestyle. We wrestle freestyle in Greco, which is different than collegiate style. Mm -hmm. But also, it is um, the training methods are different. How they warm up is different. Um, uh, how they approach um, practice is different. So it was really good to get different perspective from another country and how they do things. Mm -hmm. um, well, wrapping up here, as I know you guys are about to leave for uh, Mercyhurst here in the next 24 hours or under 24 hours. Um, but the one question I ask every person who comes on the podcast is, what moment in life has influenced you the most? Well, I'd have to go right back to our first conversation and that when I got the call from Coach Peckham to go over his house because um, I was – I had left after college and pursued one of my other dreams, which was skiing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a lot of skiing in Lake Tahoe and worked at the resort and um, – so that was something that I did with my college roommates. We traveled across country, and when I got back, I had a sales job. And, um, you know, while I was doing that, um, I just got a call from him, and I g was able to get into wrestling. So I would have to say that because that's been – ever since then, I've been involved in wrestling. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, giving us a few moments out of your day as you guys prepare to go to Erie. Good luck this weekend to you and your wrestlers, and I uh, hope to see – quite a few of them moving on to nationals. Thank you very much, Tom. Have a good one. And that will do it for this week's edition of the Yellow Jacket Experience. It's another road-heavy weekend for the Yellow Jackets. On Friday, February 28th, the track teams will be at BU's last chance meet, while women's basketball will take on Southern New Hampshire University at Southern New Hampshire in a 7 p.m. tip in the first round of the Indian Championship.
on leave day, the men's and women's rugby teams will be headed over to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to participate in the Frostbite Sevens. The wrestling program, as you just heard, will be at the Super Regional in Erie, Pennsylvania. Men's lacrosse will be the lone home game of the day at 1 p.m. They will host Caldwell. Rounding out the day is women's lacrosse at Assumption at 3 p.m. and ice hockey at Army at 7.05. We'll see you next week.